Scout Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Pet Milk presents Fibber McGee and Molly, transcribed with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick LeGrand, Dick Ryan, and me, Hollow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. When friends get together in the evening, there always comes a time when the happiest thing you can say is, how about a cup of coffee? And take my word for it, that good coffee you make will taste extra good when you serve pet evaporated milk with it. Pet milk is whole milk that's double rich, concentrated to double richness by evaporation. And it gives coffee such a good creamy color and fine, mellow flavor. Once you use it, you'll probably be like so many others who would rather use pet milk than cream in coffee. Most foods that give you extra pleasure cost extra too, but not pet milk. Just think of it, pet milk costs less than half as much as ordinary coffee cream. So, always have pet evaporated milk on hand for coffee as well as for cooking. Get some at your grocer's tomorrow. The Wistful Vista Salon of Beauty is noted for two things. Their hot shampoos and their hot gossip. Here's a lady just home from there with a double order of each. As we join Phil McGee and Molly. And do you know what else I heard at the beauty shop, McGee? No, I don't. And frankly, kiddo... I really got the lowdown for Madame Bertha today. Hmm. Lowdown is right. There ain't any lowdown as lowdown as the lowdown Madame Bertha dishes out, believe me. <laughs> Her idea of a hot flash is the confidential information that old man McDonald, the president of the Third National Bank, wears button shoes. <laughs> and don't think he don't. Well, anyhow, Madam Bertha was telling me what happened to Mrs. Smiling Sam Rhodes. You know, the used car dealer's fight. Oh, I wish you wouldn't listen to that silly gossip down there, Molly. It just makes you look... This is not gossip, dearie. It's a fact. How can an intelligent, level-headed guy like I am's wife sit in that beauty shop with her head in the dryer <laughs> and her feet in the draft and soak up them silly rooms? Well, I don't see how you can just say it to me. Now, look, Tootsie. It's time old Dad had a talk with you. <laughs> you fell into a bad habit of letting everything you hear go in one ear and stay there. <laughs> and that's dangerous. Tell me more, Master. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Right out of history. How about Christopher Columbus? He started the rumor that the world was round and got people to believe in it. Of course he did. That's how he discovered America. Sure, and look what that led to. Gin rummy, jitterbugs, and jam sessions. <laughs> Flagpole sitters, Florida real estate, and flying saucers. Bankhead, bebop, and banana burgers. Hot rods, hitchhikers, and head of hoppers hat. Yes, sir. Political platforms, plastic plumbing, and plunging necklines. Smog, small loan companies, and on top of old Smokey. I'm telling you, kiddo, once the rumor gets started... Hold it, Professor. Come in. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Nice to see you. Hello, Molly. McGee. Hi, Elizabeth. You're just in time to help us slice a small beef, boy. I'm trying to convince Molly that it's wrong to repeat a rumor. 
And I say he's making a mountain out of a molehill. What do you think about it, Homer? Uh, I would say, without hesitation or devious meandering, that rumors are predominantly to be regarded as nefarious delusions engendered by irresponsible malefactors and that to credit and foster such unverified reports <laughs> is both culpable and hazardous. <laughs> Could you unscrew that and give it to me in section? <laughs> don't believe in rumors. Oh, then you're with me. Yes, McGee, for once I find myself on your side. Good. And it frightens me a bit. <laughs> well, now, this was a very minor thing, and I... Well, now, I'm sure you wouldn't repeat anything malicious, Molly. I merely feel that it's a mistake to accept unfounded hearsay. a boy, Latrev. Guys like us don't go for them unfounded hearsays. Yes, sir. We're too smart to be took in by a rumor mongrel. <laughs> McGee, a mongrel is a cur. Exactly. And we're too smart to let such a thing occur. <laughs> I wonder if it's too late to change sides. <laughs> I'll bet in your business the rumors come thicker than cold gravy. Yes, I've had my share. Yeah? I recall one particularly obnoxious rumor that cropped up last election time. Yeah? My opposition started the vicious report that I planned, if re-elected, to appoint my brother-in-law as city treasurer. Oh, were you going on the trip? And throw my uncle out of a job? <laughs> Billy Mills, the orchestra, and Manhattan... Kiddo, you got to steer clear of this rumor racket. A rumor is like an octopus that reaches out and grabs innocent victims with them slithery things it reaches out and grabs innocent victims with. <laughs> I spoke.
suppose you mean it's tentacles. I guess that's the word. I I was never sure whether an octopus had eight tentacles or ten eighticles. <laughs> Well, now you just work it out, lover. I think I'll go up to my room and lie down with a pillow on each side of my head. What's the matter? Are you tired? No. No, I feel fine, but my ears need a rest. Oh. And if I hear any rumors, I'll ignore them, dear. Okay, Tootsie. Ah, there goes a good kid. Just weak is all. <laughs> Lucky she's got me to guide her because... Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi, Kim. Hi. Come on in, sis. What's on your mind, is any? Tucky, have you seen my little dog, Margaret? Mister, have you seen him, Margaret? Hmm? No, no. Not today. Can't you find him? No. Oh. He, he's been gone all up an hour, I bet you. Oh. And I've got to find him real soon because it's time for his bowling lesson. <laughs> Did you say his bowling lesson? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. He's been eating his food on the floor, and I'm trying to teach him to eat out of a bowl. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. And don't you worry, he'll come back home. He's a pretty smart dog, isn't he? Oh, he's wonderful, my yeah. dear. Just wonderful. He got a blue ribbon at the crap show, mister. He did, eh? And he all... Who? I says he did, eh? Who did? Margaret. Did how? Got a blue ribbon. Where? At the cop show. I know it. <laughs> he sneaked in the door and got it off the biggest cat there. <laughs> that one needed clearing up, too. Started out like one of them rumors, sis, and you know what a rumor is. Oh, yeah. Well, he took that the rumors this house. Oh? His name is Mr. Schmuck, and he runs... No, no, no. It's <laughs> not the kind of rumor I mean, Jeannie. I was referring to the sort of rumor that gets spread around. Sure, like Mr. Schmuck. Hmm? Well, after all, it stood on the top step yesterday. Uh-huh. And Mr. Schmuck stepped on it, and no boy was he ever spread around the front hall. <laughs> now, that's all very interesting. Yeah. But the kind of rumor I'm talking about, Jeannie... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The kind of rumor I'm talking about, though, is the sort of a story that people start, and it just grows and grows and grows. Oh, boy, a story. Yeah. Tell me a story about rumors, will you, Mr. Moore? Please tell me, sir. All right, sis. I will. This story will show you what happens when somebody starts a rumor. Once upon a time... I've heard it. <laughs> oh, no. You haven't heard this one. I ain't even made it up yet. Okay. All right. Once upon a time, this whole country was just jumping with little green elves. Um... And the little green elves and the people like us all lived together. They had their little houses right next door to the people's big houses. And the people would invite the elves in for coffee and donuts. And uh... the elves would invite the people in for mushrooms and dewdrops. Okay. Well, sir... Everything was wonderful till one day a man was watching an elf walk by, and this little elf walked in front of a green bush. Like I told you, the elf was green, and when he walked in front of the green bush, the man couldn't see him anymore, and he rushed home and told his wife that an elf had disappeared right in front of his eyes. Oh, 
So, the wife told a friend of hers, and she told a friend, and this friend told somebody else, so pretty soon, the rumor got around that elves were disappearing all over the place. So finally, the rumor got so big that people said all the elves had disappeared and there weren't any more elves. And that's why elves are still around today, only only nobody can see them anymore. I kind of liked it, too. And you know something? Hmm? It's just a rumor that people can't see elves anymore, Vesta. Yeah? I can see them all around here. <laughs> you can see elves right here in the room, huh? I thought so, Mr. Hey, watch your feet, Mr. Huh? Don't step on them. Huh? Now, listen, oh. you little elves stay right here, and I'll come back and get you in just a little while. Watch your feet, now. They're awful big. So long, mister. Hmm. I wonder if that kid really... Oh, no. <laughs> that couldn't be. He's just pulling my... Hey, was somebody here, dearie? I hey, said... watch your step, Molly. Watch your step. Don't step on the... Huh? <laughs> I mean, uh... <laughs> You have a nice rest, kiddo? Oh, just wonderful. I lay down for nearly three minutes. Good. But I kept hearing voices down here, so I got up again. Well, if Jeannie was just here, I was telling her about rumors. I think I'll go lay down again. No, sir, you stay right here, kiddo. Sit down and relax, like I was saying. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Sit down. Well, I can't stay but a minute, pal. I've got to get downtown. Well, I wish you'd take himself here with you, Mr. Wilcox. He's in one of his superior moods today, and I've been getting a lecture. Really? I didn't know you two ever disagreed on anything, pal. Oh, it's not disagreement, Junior. I'm just explaining. I'm surprised to hear there's any friction in this happy home. Oh, ho! <laughs> Why, pal, I thought you were everything to Molly. Like that old popular song, uh, I believe the title was, uh, You're the Salt in My Stew. No, Mr. Wilcox, you're the cream in my coffee. Oh, Molly, now you're done. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, thank you very much, Molly. But the cream in your coffee should be pet. Pet's evaporated milk. Now he's doing it with song titles. <laughs> <laughs> Next week with mirrors. Because... <laughs> Pet milk gives your coffee that rich, creamy color, that mm-hmm. fine, mellow flavor, that full-bodied taste that means real delight to a coffee lover. Now, you see, Molly, come home from the beauty That's place. because pet milk is double rich. <laughs> Just good whole milk made double rich by evaporation. Yeah, but Molly... And when you use pet milk in your coffee, you've got a real taste treat. Yeah, but what that got to do with yes, the room? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, as one of my favorite American poets once wrote, and I quote... Like your coffee, rich and mellow, use pet milk. That does it, fellow. <laughs> what favorite American poet did that little jam? Me? So long, kid. Well, I never knew Mr. Wilcox was a poet, did he? No, just another rumor, kiddo, believe it. <laughs> But I, as I was about to explain to you how a rumor gets its start. Uh-oh. Now, here's my chance to show you what I mean. I'm going to start a rumor, and I'll tip you off, and I'm going to plant it. Come in. Oh, hello, 
Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Hello there, kid. Hi, daughter. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Oldtimer. Hey, I brought you a little present, kid. Yeah? I thought I killed it with my own hands and a Daisy Air rifle. <laughs> That's darn nice of you. Where'd you shoot it? Dugan Pike? Nope. Went to a couple of lakes that was named by the Indians. Oh? One of them is Lake Okabriti, and the other one is Lake Ibnabraco. Okabriti <laughs> spelled backwards. <laughs> Well, why did they do that? Well, the first lake was for young Indians. The second one was for Indians over 35. <laughs> which, <laughs> which lake did you shoot the duck on? The first one. I ain't no Indian. <laughs> sure, it was exciting, Connie. I hunted down into a duck blind with my breech-loading daisy air rifle, and pretty soon, a duck came flying by. Duck. I took careful aim, blazed away, and the air was full of splinters. Splinters? Aimed the mic too low and hit my own decoy. I thought you were a good shot, old timer. Trouble was, I wasn't loaded. How'd you hit the decoy if there wasn't any shot in the gun? Oh, the gun was loaded, but I wasn't. Oh, I shoot better when I had a couple of nips. Oh, I see. So I took a couple of nips of my homemade blackberry cordial, which is homemade out of potato peels and fusel oil, and then oh, I went. Oh, if that's what it's made out of, why do you call it blackberry cordial? Because if you drink too much of it, you turn black and they bury you. Cordial. <laughs> Here goes the birth of a rumor. I'm listening to Hey, old-timer, do you know Harry Jones? Who, Johnny? Harry Jones. Oh, sure, know him well. What about him? Well, get this. I was downtown today, and I saw him at the luggage store at 14th and Oak looking at the suitcases. You did? Yeah. That's real interesting, Johnny. Can't say exactly why, but it's real interesting. <laughs> hey, I almost forgot. Huh? Here's the recipe for fixing that duck. Oh? Call for one pot of boiling water, yeah. one duck chopped up, carrots, onions, and so on. Oh, sounds good. Is it hard to make? Ain't hard at all, Johnny. In fact, it's duck soup. <laughs> oh, the king's man, man. Nothing like a dame. We got sunlight on the sand, we got moonlight on the sea, we got mangoes and bananas you can pick right off a tree. We got volleyball and ping pong and a lot of fancy games. What ain't we got? We ain't got days. We get packages from home, we get movies, we get shows, we get speeches from a skipper and advice from Tokyo. We get letters down with pointy and we get dizzy from the smell. What don't we get? Oh, darn well. We've got nothing to put on a clean white suit we got nothing to look masculine and beautiful. There is nothing like a day. Nothing in the world. There is nothing you can name that is anything like a day. Like to feel a feeling of some arms around our neck. We feel hungry as a wolf when he met Red Riding Hood. What don't we feel? We don't feel good. Lots of things in life are beautiful, but never 
thing not like any other. There is nothing like a game, nothing in the world. There is nothing you can name that is anything like a game. There are no books like a game. And nothing looks like a day. There are no drinks like a day. And nothing thinks like a day. And nothing acts like a day. Here, you saw the birth of a rumor. That little thing I told him about seeing Harry Jones at the luggage stall get built up till everybody makes a big thing out of it. Not you, though. You're too smart. You betcha. You mark my words, Sissy. By tomorrow, Madam Bertha will be telling you that Harry Jones has taken a trip around the world. I hope you're right. Why, I'll bet that this very minute, I'll bet this very minute the old timer's telling somebody that Harry Jones has bought a suitcase. <laughs> Hello there, old timer. What's new? Oh, nothing much, except for what I heard about Larry Jones. Know him? Larry Jones? He's a patient of mine. He's a cashier at the Third National Bank. Say, he is, ain't he? Hadn't thought of that. Well, anyhow, he's been down at the luggage store getting himself a couple of trunks. Trunks, huh? <laughs> Funny, he's already had his vacation. Well, he sure needed some new luggage, Doc. You ever see that old bag he took with him? I never discussed my patient's wives, Ghost. <laughs> I wonder if he's planning to leave town. <laughs> Mr. O'Malley, have you heard about Larry Jones, the cashier at the bank? Yes, and I haven't heard a single word about the boy. Well, they tell me he's getting ready to take a trip out of town. Yes, and is that what he's after doing? A bank cashier shouldn't do that. Yes, and you're right. It looks suspicious. Hey. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible thing altogether, Mr. Wilcox. There's probably a bit of money missing from the bank. You don't say so, Mr. O'Malley. Well, do you know how much is missing? Oh, five or ten thousand. Just a drop in the bucket. Well. Speaking of a drop in the bucket, I was on my way to get some beer. Good boy. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, Hyrule. Have you heard the news? They tell me there's a lot of money missing from the Third National Bank. Fifty or sixty thousand dollars. My goodness. I almost keep an account there. <laughs> I'm glad they turned me down. They turned you down? Yes. For more than a month, I saved half of the lunch money I got from TC. <laughs> but the bank refused it. Why? Well, he said 44 cents wasn't enough. Well, what does she give you for lunch money? Two cents a day. Two cents? How does she expect you to live on that? You know, I don't think she really cares. Well, what did you do with the 44 cents you managed to save? I blew it all on a banana split. 
Temple, you're amazing. You starve for more than a month to save 44 cents and then spend it on a banana split. Well, easy come, easy go. <laughs> uh, how much did you say was nickel from the bank? Oh, 80 or 90,000 dollars, probably. <laughs> There's big news, Ori. Almost a million dollars is missing from the bank. I start told Vimbles, well, well. It doesn't seem to bother you. That should have bothered me. Me and the mattress don't put our money in banks. We used shove it in the mattress. In the mattress? Sure, half in mattress bed and half in the mattress twin bed. That way we keep good balance, you see. <laughs> you keep all your money... You, you keep all your money in the market? Oh, used to paper money. You know, at first I keep small change in the bed, too, but I stop. You see the kids in the next room jump up too many times and ask if Santa Claus coming. <laughs> Santa Claus? Why? Well, every time I turn over, yingle, yingle, yingle. My money that way. That once the missus got scared, too. In the morning, she yelled out, Ole, there's a strange man in my bed. In the bed? Yes, a dollar bill, you know, worked loose from top of mattress, and my missus wake up face to face with George Washington. <laughs> well, you're lucky not to have money in the bank. Imagine over a million dollars missing. Hey, McGee is here to play a game of pool. I think I told him all about it.
He heard the rumor that prowlers had been seen in the neighborhood and thought she ought to warn it. Prowlers? Oh, my gosh. And our door out there in the backyard. Don't you worry now. Huh? I told her very proudly that my husband does not believe in rumors. Hey, yeah, but... Well, well, now, let's not overdo this thing, kiddo. You know that... Then I went out and dug it up. Oh. Come on, get your hat. This money goes back to the bank. Oh, okay. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> First evaporated milk, pet milk, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Sometimes, suddenly and unexpectedly, something happens that could change all your dreams and plans for the future. And it's this sort of frightening prospect that faces young wife Sally Carter in the dramatic story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. The second big feature is Mary Lee Taylor's recipe of the week for a delicious pet milk dessert that's easy to make and economical, too. Chocolate nut pie. For the story of the week and the recipe of the week, tune in sure next Saturday morning for Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor, a Saturday morning favorite on NBC. <laughs> Next, it's Playhouse on Broadway, starring Linda Darnell on NBC.